I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks to all of you who have been telling people about the show. It's surging up the charts, which I'm very excited to hear. And I love that so many of you picking up Breaking the News, my best-selling book, the perfect Christmas gift for everyone on your list, especially the libs. Uh, today, we break down Big Joey Biden's speech to the nation, which he delivered uh, yesterday as we're recording the show in the afternoon because I guess he didn't want to do a primetime address as presidents typically do in dire moments. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to get to the buffet in time. Can he even go to the buffet as a president? I'm not sure. Probably not a lot of buffets going on, but you know, that's an old guy joke. You guys get it. Um, anyway, he did something I really liked, which he credited Donald Trump for getting the vaccines rolling and he credited Trump for getting the vaccine booster that again, Trump had the virus. So I'm not even hundred percent sure that's necessary, but he got it. And it's probably a good thing um, to broadcast that to his supporters. Biden credited him there, which I, which I dug, but then he did some things I really didn't like. For example, not acknowledging China during the speech, which did inflict the pandemic on the entire world and is getting away with it scot-free. Uh, but he called for a segregated Christmas, and that sentiment was echoed by Dr. Fauci Stein uh, throughout the day as well on, you guessed it, cable news. Uh, but I just don't get why Joe Biden is recommending that the unvaccinated all hang out amongst themselves, I guess, for Christmas. That seems like a prescription for mass death. But most importantly, if the vaccines are so great, uh, why do we have to be so afraid of unvaccinated people at our Christmas? Um, no one will explain that to us, but we're just supposed to trust the science, whatever that means. And Dr. Fauci is science. So we break all that down in the opening to the show, not to mention the World Health Organization also wants you to cancel Christmas. All this undermines the vaccine. And uh, if the shots are so good, and I believe they're good, why do we need all this stuff? No one will explain it. And uh, President Joey does not do a good job of laying this all out. We get into all that in the opening as well as the Bidenflation, which keeps rolling on with no end in sight. Our guest today is Yako Boyens. He is one of the most important global activists against uh, sex trafficking. And he explains how this problem is rampant. It's real. It's widespread. It might actually be happening in your community right now. And he gives you some tools to identify it, to recognize it, and some steps we must take to start uh, fighting this global plague that, again, does gets uh, not nearly enough attention. Uh, but first, I want to dig into a sponsor that has been uh, uh, really something I believe in and something that is very timely, and that is American Hartford Gold. I'm not the only one who's noticed. You've all noticed this, too. Everything is getting more expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008. The government's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years, and inflation is not going anywhere. And if the government continues this out-of-control printing and spending, and we know that's their desire, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world's reserve currency. So how do you protect your money or your retirement and your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how. They show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help you move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA, and they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau, and they have thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65532. That's 866-670-7660. Or text ALEX to 65532 for American Hartford Gold. President Joey spoke yesterday to the United States of America. Uh, was he in a soundstage? And if so, was it the same soundstage where they filmed the moon landing? Was that where it was? Because I didn't exactly recognize where he was. He decided he would give his major address at like 2 p.m., um, which is uh, strange. It, it does feel it does fuel the rumors that he has the um um, whatever is the sunsetting thing or whatever people call it or moonlighting. I don't know what, what is, I forget the expression, but where you get dumber as the day goes on that apparently some old people have, I have no idea if that's true or not, which is why I'm being intentionally 
um, half tongue in cheek on this. Uh, but I don't uh, know why he does these things in the middle of the day. Is that when most people watch them? Are most people watching their presidential dresses at that time? It just fuels speculation and just gives fuel to the people like CNN who are already planning for Joe Biden's inevitable death. You guys, you guys know that was the subtext of their list that came out that we discussed earlier in the week. Um, on who could replace Joe Biden if he doesn't run for president again. So anyway, he was alive and he was speaking. And I got to be honest with you, it was not his worst speech. It was probably his best speech of the of his presidency because it wasn't entirely full of SHIT. It was only mostly full of it. Uh, I, I will say we'll play some clips, but the he did credit President Trump um, for the boosters. I'm sorry, for, for the vaccines themselves and complimented him for the work he did to get the vaccines where they are, which is something he hadn't done. If he had done this a year ago, I think more people would have been uh, vaccinated and fewer people would have died. So, you know, that's my take on it. And I know many of you disagree with me on that take, but I do think that is the truth. And I think the numbers back it up considering the vast, 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 vast majority of people who've died this year have been unvaccinated and it will continue to be the case. Um, and uh, of course, they're also, you know, older, having pre-existing conditions too, uh, but the vast majority of people still uh, are unvaxxed and uh, crediting Trump a long time ago would have saved a lot of lives. He didn't do that. Um, and But he did yesterday, which is good. It's a good start. And uh, uh, other than that, the noteworthy things to bring up is he shaded cable news, which is also ironic because I think cable news has been so irresponsible on the left, the CNN's. MSNBC's obviously he was complaining about Fox. Uh, he coughed the whole time, he, which was uh, disturbing in a speech about public health. And the guy really likes masks. Um, that was another one that came up over and over and over again to the point where I definitely took off some of the few begrudging brownie points I gave him for the obsession with the mask that obviously haven't worked. Um, and of course, no clarification over which masks still. This is, they insist, there will be no clarification. We will never know um, that which masks work, which ones don't work, which ones are working a little bit, how often you need to sterilize them, can you sterilize them, how often you need to replace them, can you clean them, uh, none of that. There's no clarity, just wear a mask, wear a mask. By God, wear a mask. Even when you're eating ice cream, wear it. Pull it under your chin. Put the jimmies on. Eat it. Pull your mask back up. I mean, it's just absurd. It's a. It, it is never going to work. It was not going to work. It's still not going to work. So, and that takes away credibility from the whole operation. So, um, the other thing that I will point out that was a major takeaway that was absent from the speech is still no consideration for people who have natural immunity from already having been infected with the virus. Um, he gives us no data, no clarity, no information on whether or not if you are. Um, if you've had the virus, whether or not you should get the shots, whether or not you need the shots, and whether or not you're going to be subject to the same draconian lockdowns and um, firings, ritualistic firings, um, for not getting the jab. So he's left all these people in the lurch, particularly I'm thinking of people who were public health care heroes last summer who are young and healthy, who have had the virus and presumably naturally antibodies, and who don't want the shot, why are they getting fired? He doesn't speak to these people. And I find that to be wildly irresponsible because a lot of these people are probably at home wondering what is going to happen to my life. And because these people are inconvenient for President Joey, they don't get addressed. And that's sad to me. But I do give him a few points for being not as, a, not as horrible as usual and crediting President Trump. But let's hear some highlights uh, from Joey himself, the president of the United States. Let's play cut one. How concerned should you be about Omicron, which is now the dominant variant in this country and it happened so quickly? The answer is straightforward. If you're not fully vaccinated, you have good reason to be concerned. You're at a high risk of getting sick. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to others, including friends and family. And the unvaccinated have a significantly higher risk of ending up in a hospital <clears throat> or even dying. Almost everyone who has died from COVID-19 in the past many months has been unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. But if you're, on, if you're among the majority of Americans who are fully vaccinated, and especially if you've gotten the booster shot, that third shot, you're much, you have much, much less reason to worry. You have a high degree of protection against severe illness. But because Omicron spreads so easily, we'll see some fully vaccinated people get COVID, potentially in large numbers. 
There will be positive cases in every office, even here in the White House, among the, unva among the vaccinated, among the vaccinated from, from Omicron. But these cases are highly unlikely to lead to serious illness. Vaccinated people who get COVID may get ill, but they're protected from severe illness and death. I actually agree with almost all of this. The problem is, it's just so striking to me, is why didn't he say most of these new uh, pivots that he's making, why didn't he do this a long time ago when he realized he wasn't getting through to a lot of people? It's a, he's noting that you can still spread the virus, even if you're vaccinated, you can still get the virus, but you're mostly protected against severe illness and death. That's totally true. Uh, but for almost the entire year, he didn't correct the fact that we were sold the vaccines as they will stop the virus. We were. And whether or not that was the drug companies being irresponsible or the government or uh, CNN, MSNBC or all the above, which it probably was, uh, we were lied to about what the vaccines actually were doing. They were lessening symptoms. They weren't stopping the virus. So nice to hear him come clean on it, but it's just been so long. Where, where have you been, Joey? Joey, come on, my man. We, where were you? Were you out the Wilmington, Delaware pool with corn pop? Is that what you were up to? I go, why, why is this messaging... Now, why now? I'm glad, but why? I was also thinking about how uh, you'll hear this a little bit in the clips we play. By no means will we play the whole speech. But it was just over 20 minutes, and he repeats himself so often on mass vaccines, mass vaccines. He had plenty of time to note what I already noted, which is that you, we need to start talking about uh, the people who've already been infected and where they fall. Because do they really need to get it? What if you're a young person? who didn't really need the vaccine to begin with, and then you've already have the natural immunities. And do we know for sure that the vaccine is enhancing your natural immunities? Seems to me that perhaps it could be erasing it. I don't know. I'm a doctor. Someone explain it to me. Um, of course, no talk about treatment other than, um, yeah, I don't think there's really any talk about treatment at all. That doesn't come up either. I know why, because they don't, he doesn't want you to think that, you know, you'll, you'll have a terrific treatment even though the hospitals are, the protocols are just unbelievable. I had um, a member of my family over yesterday for dinner who was a, a who works in a healthcare facility, and he was uh, saying how much better the protocols are for people who are already sick and how much better the hospitals are at dealing with it. And he's certainly seeing a lot more cases um, pop up in um, the, the hospitals that he looks at. And he's, this is a medical doctor, but on the number crunching side these days. And he's seeing a, a big uptick in cases, uh, but he's not seeing a massive uptick in death because, again, uh, a lot of vaccinated people, um, Omicron is um, uh, not as severe the symptoms. He is saying most of the people who are ending up in the hospital, though, are unvaccinated, as I've been saying to you guys over and over again. The unvaccinated are the ones ending up in the hospital. Uh, but he says he does say the protocols are much better, so the people are surviving, um, by and large, who get the latest strains of the virus. I think we can be trusted with this information at this point. The White House doesn't, clearly. All right, let's play, let's play cut two. Look, let me give it to you straight again. Omicron is serious, potentially deadly business for unvaccinated people. Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. Thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans, we led a rollout and made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms. But uptake slowed this summer Boy, as vaccine idea. resistance among some hardened. Yeah, they, and, and you didn't change any of your tactics. We're at the end of the year. What month is it, Joey? This is the thing where him not, um, him not listening to a good third to 40% of the country at all really hurts them. The fact that there isn't one person in the White House who would ever listen to this show, for example, popular show, only conservative show in Sirius XM Drive. Um, you know, Breitbart News, huge name, reached tens of millions of people a month, right of center viewpoint. Uh, and uh, we've been saying for months, you guys are not getting convincing any of us with your, mes with your message to the point where we think that you actually, you guys actually don't want us to get the shots. So... He's acknowledging his messaging has not worked the whole year as people who have unvaccinated or unvaccinated have hardened their positions. And still, his messaging never changed. It changed a little bit yesterday, a little bit. All right, let's hear some, some hot mask talk. Cut three, go. 
<clears throat> according to our doctors, <clears throat> even if you're fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask <clears throat> when indoors and in public settings. Wearing a mask provides extra protection for you and those around you. And I know some Americans are wondering if you can safely celebrate the holidays with your family and friends. The answer is yes, you can. If you and those you celebrate with are vaccinated, particularly if you've gotten your booster shot. If you are vaccinated and follow the precautions that we all know well, you should feel comfortable celebrating Christmas and the holidays as you planned it. You know, you've done the right thing because enjoy the holiday season. So this is the trick, though, is that if you are unvaccinated at this point, you're probably not going to have your holidays uh, overly affected unless you have these uh, a strange and rare pre-existing condition, which would make you think that the vaccine is unsafe for you and you're still um, very scared about the coronavirus, but you are also scared of the vaccine. Uh, what percentage of people is that? So who's he talking to with this? Who's he actually reaching with his message? You can celebrate if you're vaccinated. The unvaccinated are mar- by and large laughing at him and the vaccinated already know this. So who asked him this question? There's so many other unanswered questions about this virus because we get such unreliable information from the CDC and the NIH and Dr. Fauci Stein. I'm I'm much more curious why Fauci is still in there, why the friendly fascist is still in there, what good they've done, and when was the last time they convinced someone to actually get a vaccine. So why he thinks it's appropriate to fire frontline hero doctors at this point because they don't want to get jabbed, even if they have natural immunity. Those are the questions that normal Americans have. No one's asking him, are we okay to celebrate with our family? Unless you're stupid. I I guess there are probably some stupid CNN viewers who are vaccinated and think maybe we shouldn't celebrate. That's possible. I kind of take it back. I think that's true. I bet there is a lot of people who are like that. That they've lived in the fear-mongering world of the New York Times and even some of the better papers. You know, the Daily Mail, which I look at every day, which is a UK tabloid. uh, They they love the fear porn. They're, They're into it. They jack it up every day. The Omicron fear porn. Wow, maybe there are more of those people. I, I think, you know what? I, I might have misspoke slightly in that. There probably are a lot of people who are vaccinated and are so misinformed that they're still scared. Boy, that's a thought. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear, let's, let's just keep going. Let's play cut four, go. Your choice is not just a choice about you. It affects other people. You're putting other people at risk. Your loved ones, your friends, neighbors, strangers you run into. And your choice can be the difference between life or death. The longer the virus is around, the more likely variants form that may be deadlier than the ones that have come before. Let me say again and again and again and again, please get get vaccinated. Whoa. It's the only responsible thing to do. I knew it. It's all coming. Yeah, it's um, he's actually right, but he's such a horrible vessel for this message. That's it. That's the point I've been making. Let's play one more. Let's play cut seven and then um, give you some thoughts and some other stuff. The unvaccinated are responsible for their own choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. You know, these companies and personalities are making money by peddling lies and allowing misinformation that can kill their own customers and their own supporters. It's wrong. It's immoral. I call on the purveyors of these lies and misinformation to stop it. Stop it now. Is there anyone who's in cable news or in conservative media or even in sort of anti-establishment left-wing media who's not into these vaccines who heard that message and feels um, uh, inclined to stop it? Stop it now. No. He he is not that skilled um, in terms of the way he's handling this crisis that he said he would shut down the virus and he's not. So Joe, of course, said he was asymptomatic from all those hacking and coughings that you heard. So he doesn't have the virus, as far as we know. I don't know if he's been tested. I'm guessing he doesn't have it. But it was amazing to listen to a public health speech where the president keeps interrupting himself to cough. 
He also admitted that the virus just happened. Uh, it, it just happened almost overnight was one of his quotes, which is an admission that he did not shut down the virus and pleading with people that we're going to stop future variants by getting the jab. It, it, there is an air of desperation to it because he knows looming over his head is the fact that we all know he promised to shut down the virus and didn't do it. So the other thing is that him saying, it's such a big admission, that him saying that if you are vaccinated, you're not going to be getting severely ill or dying, then why do we care if people at our Christmas party are vaccinated or not? These are the questions that he should be able to answer if he wants to restore his credibility, but I don't really think he's super concerned about restoring that credibility. Um, meanwhile, around the world, there's a lot of crazy measures being put into place. London's mayor, Sadiq Khan, has canceled the city's New Year's celebrations over the coronavirus. This is the type of stuff that adds to a, a culture of fear. There's a lot of people. It makes people very upset. And people look around the world and think, well, why are they doing this in the UK? Like a lot of people pay close attention to the news. Why is a Rome having outdoor masks? Some people don't realize that it's because these are all totalitarians politically. Some people think there's actually a scientific component to it. Of course, there's none, as far as we know. It's just that these people love control. Um, CNN is a, metal, is a medical analyst named Leanna Wen, who is formerly in charge of Planned Parenthood. But we know she's really good at science. And she says, don't wear a cloth mask. Non-surgical masks are face decorations. Um, we were, mo we were uh, mocking the face diapers here at Breitbart News 18 months ago. Who needs that information also? This reminds you of the failure of the public health administration to provide clarity for us. You think Dr. Fauci ever says that? No, he's, he's been complaining about Jesse Waters on TV from Fox. Jesse Waters was explaining how, I guess, some citizen journalists should come up and uh, ask Dr. Fauci some, some questions. That would be like a kill shot. I guess he was using some language that was colorful language. He wasn't literally talking about shooting Dr. Fauci, but he was using that sort of language that, you know, you could, you could get a kill shot by asking him a tough question. And here's what Fauci's doing. He goes on CNN. Let's play 15. The only thing that I have ever done throughout these two years is to encourage people to practice good public health practices, to get vaccinated, to be careful in public settings, to wear a mask. And for that, you have some guy out there saying that people should be giving me a kill shot to ambush me. I mean, what kind of craziness is there in society these days? That's awful that he said that. And he's going to go very likely unaccountable. <laughs> I mean, whatever network he's on is not going to do anything for him. I mean, that's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. Yeah, he won't say the network, but that network should fire him. Boy, he's clever. He's such a good pundit. He said, he said you go in for the kill shot. This is his uh, Waters is Turning Point USA speech. Um, talking about if you encounter Dr. Fauci. He also says to Dr. He says that you need to... Uh, be respectful because they'll turn the tables on you. And he says, you introduce yourself. He's actually telling people how to talk to Dr. Fauci before you hit him with the first question, which can't be a yes or no answer. Now you go for the kill shot, the kill shot with an ambush, deadly because he doesn't see it coming. I'm sure Waters is being colorful on purpose because he's a pretty good communicator. But it's a, it's, he's obviously all tongue-in-cheek and he's not talking about being violent, Dr. Fauci. And Fauci said, what is this? I'm just such a great guy. I've been telling everyone all this great stuff. I speak for science. He loves it. He loves being on TV opining about cable news hosts. That is the focal point of the Biden agenda at this moment. The focal point is whatever will get them the optimal cable news coverage. Meanwhile, FOIA emails reveal that Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins, the friendly fascists, work to smear anti-lockdown scientists. And these are credible scientists, people from Stanford University. Now, this story is a couple days old, so I won't dwell on it too much, but we have it for you at Breitbart.com if you want to read it. But they were literally coordinating to try to smear people who disagreed with them, not debate them, not answer the questions that they were raising, but they speak for science. 
In the meantime, Joe Biden is trying to convince Americans at the end of the year that uh, we're actually better off now than we were at the beginning of the year, even though even half of Democrats say inflation is affecting their family budget. Americans are getting poor every second right now. Every second, the Biden inflation continues to go as rampant as it is. Americans are getting poorer. We were all getting weaker because of the policies of the President Joey administration. And all he can talk about is whether or not we should be wearing masks. This is all a massive distraction from the things that are really affecting us in this country. Did you know that there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in the country. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. Stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. So join AMAC today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. Today's guest, Yako Boyens, president and CEO of a film production company called After Eden Pictures and a group called Share Together, where he fights human trafficking and sex trafficking around the globe. But he really focuses on the United States in particular. And it's one of these topics. It's so scary. It's so dark. And it, you see that the fake news has kept this from us. Maybe they're protecting people who don't want to be exposed. Maybe it's just too uncomfortable to talk about whatever combination it is. It's a big topic. It could be affecting your community or even your family. And Yako gives you all the details you need to know in this interview. Let's roll it. All right. Very pleased to welcome to the show, Jaco Buyen. He's the president and CEO of the film production company After Eden Pictures, founder of Share Together, nonprofit fighting the global crisis of sex trafficking. Uh, Jaco, it's great to have you on. I'm pretty familiar with your story because of the work you've done over the years with Turning Point USA. Uh, a group that uh, I work with and I represent uh, a, a lot. But I, I want to hear your story. Give me your background because it, it is what propelled you into this world, this life that you have where you're fighting sex trafficking on a daily basis. Uh, it, it comes from a personal place that is pretty compelling to hear about. So if you could just give the audience um, a summary of that, it'd be really helpful. Yeah, no, good morning. Thank you for having me on and for covering such an important subject. Uh, 1994, uh, my, I was a senior in high school. My sister was trafficked that year. Of course, none of us knew what trafficking was uh, from a very stable home, a single-parent home, but stable, close-knit family. We're very close. And so it was a, it was a shockwave. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't hit until six years later, until Ilanka, whose story is riveting, until she was rescued, that we then learned as a family, two brothers, a sister, and a mom, firsthand, what sex trafficking was. Uh, it wasn't even a concept. You know, it wasn't it wasn't popular. The police didn't know how to name it. She, you know, so they would at that time they would consider those kind of cases as just runaway cases. And and still today, unfortunately, a lot of them are looked at that way. But we we firsthand inside the family learned about this. Now I had my own perspective as a brother as the oldest brother and you go through a massive amount of emotion and guilt and you know you feel responsible although you're not you're just a kid yourself and, and but how could this happen and you, you don't know right and and then we learn and we immigrate to the united states and based on what i learned firsthand witness from my sister's account of what was done to her i then start seeing it in the U.S., and I start recognizing my eyes were opened to how the predators operate, how they profile. And this is early. This is 2001. 
uh, when we came to the U.S. Uh, and and identifying that this is happening in America, which was a rude awakening, because if you asked me at that time, would what I now know happened to my sister would that ever happen in america in the land of of the free the home of the brave the land of milk and honey the place we immigrated to i would say there's no way there's no way people here would tolerate something like that there's no way an american people a god-fearing nation would tolerate something like that if they knew that it existed and that kicked off this this massive pulling off the lid of pandora's box in the united states in 2001 uh, for us, and and then just the journey from then on until now, of the progression of bringing awareness, making the public aware of what it really is and how it really operates, the the mechanism of it, because it's very organized at times, mostly, and then there's also of course a very large unorganized faction of this crime. But yeah, so it's been a it's been a a constant, continual learning curve. Even yesterday, a case yesterday, still learning. I mean, it's just, it's an ever-evolving evil. Can you share with me some of the, I want to understand some of the vocabulary and some of the players. Uh, what is exactly sex trafficking? Uh, does it differ from human trafficking? Um, and how, who is responsible? Who is doing this? Uh, what is the industry that's at work here? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. I think we're now at that point in our country where this is the question that needs to be answered. So, I mean, not many are asking this question. It's, you know, sometimes evil can hide in plain sight when you when you make the population tolerable to a degree of it, right? And then you just, nomenclature, naming and words are so important. Look at what we're doing today. You know, what's gender? What's male, female? And you just soften the language and then society kind of accepts it. So it's important that we ask this nuanced question. 25 forms of trafficking. There's 25 forms of trafficking, right? And people go, wait, what? Sex trafficking is within trafficking. Labor trafficking is very bad, but labor trafficking doesn't always include sex. It always includes debt bondage. But sexual trafficking always includes debt bondage. So the worst form of human trafficking would be sexual exploitation of minors, children. So in the 25 forms, the most grotesque would be the sexual assault and sexual trafficking of children. We're talking about taking a child and turning them into a sex slave. So we've got the largest population of slavery in the history of mankind on planet Earth today. There's never been more slaves than today, ever. But it's, but it's very dangerous. It's kind of like alcohol. You can buy alcohol in the 7-Eleven gas station. But alcohol can be a killer. So it's very accepted socially to a degree, but it's deadly, even more deadly than alcohol, right? The exploitation of children. Because now we're infiltrating that language that, well, is sex with a child a taboo? Is it? Yes, it is, of course. But they're asking that question. The left is asking that question, such as drag queen story hour, comprehensive sex ed in the classroom in kindergarten, lowering the age of consent. Uh, puberty blockers for three-year-olds in California under Gavin Newsom. So they're asking these questions of society to normalize it to a degree. So the sexual exploitation of children, if we can focus on that for a second, is selling a child as if he or she, and the boys are very prevalent, is a piece of furniture 10 to 15 times per day. Now that should make you hit the brakes and go, wait a minute. In our country, yes, we're the number one nation on planet Earth commercializing sex with children. There are other nations where sex with children may be per capita more prevalent, but it's part of their religion or it's part of their culture. They don't commercialize it. They don't pay for it. Such as in Saudi Arabia, you can marry your eight-year-old daughter off to go become a wife. Now, to us, that's sex trafficking, of course. It's the exploitation of a child. In their culture, they're not commercializing it. It's just culture. But in this country... 30 plus billion dollars a year, which would make us, this industry, a Fortune 500 monster if it was a corporation. 30 billion per year spent on the, on the purchase of sex of children. Now, if you sprinkle in around that child porn, the indoctrination that's going on, it's a massive, massive industry. How children are being used today on the border of Texas, I just returned from the border, to smuggle fentanyl over. And so, so it's, such a, it's such a complicated 
octopus with so many tentacles, but at the core of it, always, is the commercializing of sex with children, and which is what we really need to focus on, because for somebody who buys a prostitute, will always start older and work their way younger, younger, younger. Ultimately, they're going to go, you know, into the teenage years and in the ultimate goal, because it's a drug, right, is, is prepubescent, is children. And this is as young as two years old, six weeks old. And, and most recently, we've rescued a woman that's 51 that was trafficked by her own husband. And so it's a very complex situation, but to distill it down, it's child rape. It's repeated child rape where somebody in this country is willing to pay for it and someone's willing to sell it. Supply and demand. So what is the industry at work? I mean, is it how big are these organizations that are involved? Are they large organizations? Is it one-off individuals? I imagine some sort of a combination, but is there, is, is there a central place? Where is the information shared about the trafficking on, on, on the purchase side, all over, 62 million child porn images scraped off of Facebook last year alone. So it's on wow. all social media, most social media. The transactions happen because the transaction can happen in broad daylight. The transaction is happening on, on Xbox and Sony PlayStation in live game rooms and chat rooms. We have to understand the mind of a predator and how a predator operates. So, so yes, we have arrested and been part of arresting everything from the janitor to the sitting state U.S. conservative senator in Philadelphia. It's everybody and anybody who has, who has been tainted sexually, and we're all sexual beings. This is the danger. It's not like I've never had alcohol, for instance, in my life, ever. So alcohol doesn't tempt me, but I am a sexual being. We're, we can't turn that off. We're all sexual beings. So when there's a perversion of your sexuality, that's a dangerous, dangerous place because it's internal. It's not an external drug. It's internal. Pornography is the feeder, 100%, because pornography is a, is a very fast-moving drug. You progress very quickly. Unfortunately today, our youngsters, average age 8, boys age 8, entering porn, they don't enter porn the way maybe you did or some of the listeners did, where it was 1995 and you had to go in a gas station and kind of trick the guy that you're 18 and get a magazine behind a black cover and in the magazine it was maybe Pamela Anderson with no top on. That was porn. Today's porn that a child starts with is gang rape, visual. So they start not with an opioid, you know, comparatively. They start with heroin. They start with a heavy, heavy dose yeah, of grotesque human abuse. So, so the progression is accelerated so quickly. This is why you're seeing the, the largest class of erectile dysfunction males in our country today is men aged 18 to 25. Because of the abuse they put their own bodies through, through porn. So ultimately, the porn will just not satisfy. They're going to go buy sex. And they're going to buy sex from children. So it's, we've created a, a massive demand class in our country where men are willing to pay for sex, but they're willing to pay for sex with minors. Well, how did they get there? They progressed through the rank so quickly. They didn't start, of course, with abusing a child. They didn't start with child porn. But that drug is vicious. It's, you're going to end up there. Yako Buyens is with me. Buyens Yako, spelled B-O-O-Y-E-N-S-J-A-C-O on Twitter. Uh, he's got a film out called Eight Days, which is uh, uh, which does raise awareness about the reality of sex trafficking, not around the world. This is a United States phenomenon. He's also part of President Trump's executive orders related to sex trafficking. Yako, uh, uh, where do people go if they want to support you? At yaku.boyens on instagram our organization is called share together now.org share together now.org because we share the burden of, of fixing this and we share in the problem and in a second organization which is brother sister is yakuboyens.com just my that's a non-profit both are non-profits we fight we fight human trafficking in all its forms of course we don't just focus on children the adults as well but we got a particular problem here in this nation a massive issue with with exploiting children 
So what do you see as the potential solutions? What are things that we can be doing? Is there anything, does it all come from a government level or is there things that we can do to police our own neighborhoods? I mean, I can't help but wonder where are the parents uh, in in a lot of these cases, but I know that there's always exceptions. Uh, are there any signs to see uh, if you're a child or uh, someone in your family or a loved one is getting groomed for this? Uh, what are some tips you can give us? Yeah, all of the above. Our websites are going to give people a massive amount of information. They can get involved. They can actually become volunteers. But here's our model. Our model is take ownership of your community. I'm not asking Baltimore, even as close to D.C., to fight D.C. Fight for your county in Baltimore and Nashville, Tennessee, like and Dallas, Texas. We have to get the father back engaged in the family. We have to in this nation. And it's going to solve all our problems. It literally all of it. We have to stop looking at Washington, D.C., they will not do a thing. The only guy in Washington, D.C. that lifted a finger to fight this was President Trump, sex trafficking. I was eye to eye with George Bush. We went eye to eye with the Obama campaign and administration, with the Clinton administration. They did zero. The only guy in, in Washington, D.C. that said, okay, the sexual exploitation of children is not okay, was President Trump. Nobody else. At, at a senior level right now. So stop looking at Washington, D.C. we got to get super local. You have to win the heart of your daughter's back, fathers. you got to win the heart of your son. we got to train our young men what it is to be a man that honors women. Train our young women what sexuality is. What is it about? Why is it precious? And then we really have to take a sledgehammer to educating our kids on how predators profile online. I'll, I'll give you a quick example of what parents can do. Dads today do not know the games that their sons play on Xbox and, and PlayStation. If they play in a live chat room, Dad, you've got to play the game. You've got to know who's in there because they will literally talk to your son. They will, they will, so this is how a predator works. Just what, if, if you're married and you're listening, exactly what you did on your first date. You sit next to the girl, you reach out to her hand, you touch her hand, and you read her response. If she leaves her hand there, you take it. And then you start planning on what's next, the next move. Can I get my arm around her? Can I kiss her? A predator works the same way. A predator says hi to your daughter on Instagram, and he reads her response, and he keeps pulling on the thread. If her response shows that she's interested, he keeps going. Slowly, our last five cases, five cases, we're parents trafficking their own children. It's the fastest rising trend. It's called familial trafficking. Oh, my because gosh. Because the predator, they, they figured out, if the predator is a trusted figure, it's, it's, it'll last forever. The, the victim will not talk. So the snatch and grab, the kidnappings, those days, it's about 1% today. The pred, even a kid on the street, the predator will go earn trust. They'll invest time to earn trust. So now think about what our teenagers share online. We can open a dossier on every single teenager by just what they share on Instagram, then approach that child and speak into that child's life what she or he wants to hear. Earn their trust so that they'll either share a new picture of themselves online, compromise themselves, share information about the family. Somewhere the child's going to compromise herself, put herself in a position to give the predator ammunition to now defraud, force, or coerce, and then it's over. Then she'll keep the secret. She'll protect the predator. Why do you see so many women, even NFL wives, go and, and, and protect the abuser on the witness stand? Because trust has been earned. A bond was formed. They believe it's love. So predators take time. This is why parents should shudder right now if they listen to this. Wait a minute. So it's not just me keeping my kids safe from being kidnapped or taken. No. It's keeping these kids safe when they're eating dinner with you and they're on Instagram at the dinner table and the predator's talking to them. This is, this is serious stuff. Yako, do, do you think parents should keep their kids off of social media? If I could, absolutely, yes. But it's almost impossible because it's so integrated. And this is not me pushing a product. We created a social media platform called free space you cannot be canceled yes it came out of the conservative movement out of you know the, the cancel culture but it's the only i wrote the bylaws there is zero porn 
zero exploitation. It's an immediate first offense to the FBI. The arrests happen quickly. If parents really do want a social media platform, it's got all the tools, bells and whistles. It's a true competitor to Facebook. It's called Free Space Social. And if they don't want to go there and you want your kid on Instagram, great. But you have to sit your child down and explain to them the evil mind of a predator, how they are like a mist, and they will come in and earn their hearts. Fathers come to us. I told you our last five cases are family members where the moms go, wait a minute. How did this happen? Because it's it's so slow moving, and then it's fast. It's it's like a lion, you know, hunting. It's approaching slow, slow, getting you know the deer acclimated to the environment, and then they strike. But the time they strike, and it only takes one strike, by the way. It's not like a child gets sexually exploited one time, and all of a sudden you can walk it back, and it didn't happen. This is this is an evil in our culture. Now, lay on top of that comprehensive sex ed in the classroom where they're normalizing where an adult this is all by design we have to understand i i, I walked this out with the white house when they, we had a real white house when you teach comprehensive sex ed in the classroom here's what you're saying to the child it's okay for you johnny who's 10 to have anal sex conversation with an adult that's not your parent that's normal it's a trusted figure now johnny goes home now a man is talking to Johnny about anal sex on Instagram. Johnny's not going to flag that conversation because he's told in the classroom, it's okay for me to have a really intimate, private conversation, yeah. which he shouldn't be talking about. Yako, you got to forgive me because I'm obliged to take a break or else I'm going to get in big trouble. But it's such important work you're doing, and I know you'll come back and we'll uh, have even more conversations about this. Uh, you guys can go to sharetogethernow.org for a Share Together nonprofit uh, after Eden Pictures, the film Eight Days, all available for you. Buyens Yako on Twitter as well. Uh, thanks so much for the time and all the important work you're doing, and uh, we'll keep highlighting it. Appreciate you, brother. The caller of the day today is Amy in Colorado. Amy is a regular caller to the broadcast, so she's not been the caller of the day. So we do have our regular sometimes on the show. I kind of cap it at like one a week, but uh, some shows once you call in, they don't want you ever. You, they don't want you to ever call back. Uh, not my show. I let people call in from time to time. And um, uh, Amy, I thought it's some pretty good commentary on how she's not buying what Joe Biden is selling when it comes to the vaccines and trusting of the science. And I think she comes from someone who's a genuine interest in trying to see uh, the pandemic wind down and is willing to do what the science might suggest, but she doesn't quite trust the guys in charge. And I think she speaks for a lot of people. So she will be today's call of the day. Flying for Amy. Good morning. Hi, Alex. Thanks for taking my call and Merry Christmas You're welcome. to you. Merry Christmas. Um, and I just wanted to say that, you know, I agree with you completely that, Biden is just a terrible messenger for this. Um, I don't think he convinced anyone at all who is unvaccinated to get vaccinated yesterday. Um, the, the threat and the, the talk about death is just, I mean, I'm just tired of this guy. I don't know about anybody else. But I'm just tired. Well, I think a lot of us are, Amy, including Democrats. A lot of young people are. But this begs a question that maybe I should have brought up earlier. Is it what? So then what's the point? I, I, I don't think that even an honest Joe Biden administration would disagree with you. I don't think he convinced a lot of people if he convinced anyone. So why give this address? Why did he feel the need to address the public and tell us mostly stuff we already know? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's like a really good question. Um, I don't know if it was just to kind of put our minds at ease in his mind, but I don't think it did at all. Or just to, to tout what his administration was trying to do to, to curb this uh, Omicron variant. But I don't think, overall, I don't think people are too worried about the Omicron variant. Um, they know there's, people generally know there's going to be variants of this virus. And if they've chosen to get vaccinated, they've chosen to do it. Um, to maybe lessen the effects of it. But we know, we generally know what to do as a public. And he doesn't, Joe Biden doesn't need to be telling us, you know, threatening our jobs and threatening us if we don't get vaccinated. 
Um, we know what to do. And the mask thing is just unbelievable. I, I'm sorry, I'm vaccinated, but I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm vaccinated. Why wear a mask? So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. But this is the whole thing. It does undermine the vaccines. Uh, of course it does. And this is where I think that the fact that he doesn't really take questions from the media that's serious about getting to the bottom of questions or trying to get some of these answers, I think that's why the, these obvious questions are not brought up. The, the media is just trying to protect him. Yes, I, I completely agree. And again, yesterday you said, well, I'm not supposed to give a press conference. So who's telling him to give one or not? I, someone's controlling this guy. And it's just, uh, and the coughing was so distracting, Alex. The coughing. It's really distracting. I know. I know. No, I know. It was really, um, it was interesting, the Breitbart Newsroom, because we were talking about what's the biggest story to come out of this thing. And I said, oh, flat out, the coughing. I mean, there's other stuff in there that's yep. interesting, but that was my number one takeaway when I was watching. Oh my God, he's hacking the whole time. It's really distracting. He's talking about yep. public health, and the guy is a 1,000 years old. He's up there coughing into his hand. He's coughing into his hand, too, by the way, Amy. You're not supposed to do that. It's a, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. It's a, I was taught that 15 years ago. Why is this guy who apparently has access to top medical information, why is he coughing germs and bacteria all over his hand? No one knows but Joey himself. Yep, that's right. That's right. And he just looked weak and frail. I mean, look at President Trump actually got the virus and look at how strong he looked through the whole thing. And you know it, just, it made yeah. me kind of think about that too. <laughs> Um, thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks to Robert Marlowe for helping me select topics. Producer Haley, double duty today with Greg Eben on the bench. Not on the bench. He's at vacation. Um, but great stuff, Haley. Appreciate it. And uh, all of you who have gone to Breitbart.com. By the way, a lot of clips of me starting to roll of some of the interviews I was doing at Turning Point USA. Uh, America Fest over the weekend, plus I think some clips from my panel. All of those are going to be at Breitbart.com throughout the day and throughout the rest of the week. But those of you who are spreading the good word about the show, leaving a five-star review and telling people about it over your Christmas holiday it really means a lot to me, and it helps us grow and get stronger and better. And I think that is a, a, a blessing or a mitzvah. All right, that'll do it. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.